coming up. What an excellent day for hypnosis. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 62 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Dias. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with a hand passing over Reagan's face. And it ends with a psychiatrist standing up and saying, I'm speaking to the person inside of Reagan. And yes, folks, that is the owner of the mysterious hand at the end of the last minute and at the top of this one. This is the fabled psychiatrist that Chris has been asking for this whole time, the whole time, the whole time, (laughs) and that Dr. Klein has finally found for her. This actor is Arthur Storch. He's a New York actor and Broadway director. He did six films. Exorcist was his fifth, from what I see. Um, he's mainly stayed in New York, but he, he gives an excellent performance here. His voice is so calm and so creepy at the same time. I'm not saying that he's creepy or his character is creepy. What I mean is he has the perfect voice for this scene. Folks, If you'll remember, we just ended our last scene in complete and total chaos, right? That scene actually had uh, several endings and and (laughs) like any and all of which could prompt you to want to seek therapy yourself. Um, And well, here we are, folks. Our psychiatrist introduces himself out of the blackness in between our scenes with this calming, reassuring, but also authoritative voice that is in control of the situation, right? This is truly a therapist's voice. And Storch does a great job in making us believe that if this was a problem which could be fixed by psychiatry, he would be the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. We believe that he would do That's a really good point, right? We kind of look at Klein and we're like, ah, fuck this guy. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Now we're switching to, um, to Storch, I suppose we can call mm-hmm. him. And we're like, yeah, this guy's got it. Yeah, he's definitely got it. Uh, Dr. Storch, right? That's Dr. what I'm going to say. Storch. Dr. Storch. Um, Dr. Psychiatrist Storch. Yeah. <laughs> the RP right. psychiatrist. There we go. Um, <laughs> the P psychiatrist, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we already know he's not going to be able to do anything. And so this actually has the opposite effect on us. Uh, at least it did for me because – it, because it is so calming and it is so reassuring, it's even worse because I know that it's useless. Uh, and, and, that, and that's what I meant at the top of this thing when I said scary or creepy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not to mention the fact that he, he is doing something here at the top of this minute that sort of bridges the gap between medicine and magic. Like, I, I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that, at least today, we associate hypnosis with the more like magical, mystical end of the mental spectrum, right? Like, in fact, I'm not even- The mental spectrum. The mental spectrum. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a phrase I just made up, right? <laughs> okay, great. Not to be, not to be confused with the spectrum, like as, uh, as referred to, like whenever we talk about the spectrum. The right? spectrum, right? Yeah. As right? educators, we, we deal with the spectrum now all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Precisely, right? Um, no, no, no. I'm talking about like a, a new phrase, which I just pulled out <laughs> of thin air, right? Um, uh, I guess I, uh, the, 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 the mental medicine spectrum. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Anyways, we have this. Uh, we have this hypnotist. The psychiatrist is doing hypnosis, and I think yes. it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think even today there are still psychiatrists who will use hypnosis under mm-hmm. certain circumstances. From what I understand, like some people go to, to go to um, get hypnotized to quit smoking, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. still seems to work. And and um, 
you know, I think I think for some things like we were talking about, like alternative medicine a couple of uh, minutes ago, right? Like some things just seem to work, and I think the medical community is like, well, why are we trying to break this thing that seems to work, even though we don't right. quite understand what's going on? Uh, yeah. You know? And if it is a placebo, so what? It's getting people to quit smoking and, and, you know, save years of their lives. Precisely. At the end of the day, the objective is for it to work. So right, if it works, right, right. it works, right? Right. Right. Obviously, if it's like I go up to hypnotize people and charge $100 and it doesn't work and I've taken their $100 and also, um, you know, made it seem like it's impossible for them to quit smoking. So they just keep smoking. You know, right. That's, right, that's yeah. bad. Yes. Don't do that. Hypnotists. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in any case, right, this whole hypnotism angle is perfect for this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And let's have a look at Linda Blair's face here, right? As the psychiatrist pulls his hand away, you can see that Reagan is pale. She's got dark circles under her eyes. She's got this dreamy, faraway look here. Um, just that moment of her opening her eyes gave me the shivers because like, you see that she is staring at nothing, but she's staring at it as if it were something. Mm -hmm. And that always creeps me out. It's like, what is she looking at, right? Like, what is she seeing that we are not seeing? And God, it it holds on her face for a good long time before the psychiatrist speaks again, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, are you comfortable, Reagan? And again, it's that calm, reassuring, authoritative voice, right? right? And again, after that, it's as if she's not going to speak and then she does like this dreamy yes and and folks i know i've harped on this before and and it may not seem like a big deal but the stillness and the control of this young actor here the way that she makes it seem like no other part of her face is awake or mm-hmm. real like it's only her mouth that moves when she talks like like she's a robot or like she's wearing a mask like whatever is going on behind behind those eyes we cannot see and that unnerves us that makes us wonder right it's not it's not sluggishness it's not dullness mm-hmm. it it actually looks like calculation like mm-hmm. I, I I know I'm doing the thing, right? Like I'm like like we talked about, like we, you know, we have a close-up of an actor's face and I'm projecting all the stuff that I already know, <laughs> you know, about the movie, right? Like she might as well be looking at like a piece of pizza or something, whatever, right? But our our actor here has made that possible by giving us this like I keep on wanting to say mask, right? Yeah, um I think that's fair. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a reason masks creep us out, right? It's this very primal thing within us, right? The, the face is one of the main ways that we assess another person, right? Assess their mood, their intentions, like whether they are a friend or a foe, right? It's, it's very much a survival thing, right? We understand all the little ticks and all the little uh, micro expressions, even if we don't think we do, right? But a mask takes that away. We are unable to read the other person's intentions. We are unable to read their thoughts, which is so beautifully ironic here, right? In this scene with a psychiatrist. And here we have this vacant, unreadable, and I think very aware face that Linda Blair is doing. Right. I think one of the really interesting strategies for this scene compared to what I imagine is in the book and compared to what's in the screenplay is that we kind of like um, Mary Shelley's original Frankenstein. Mm. We don't say how we got here. Like we mm. don't have in the screenplay. It's saying that we have a bobble and we're pointing a little flashlight at it and rotating, right. it, et cetera. Um, but like, yeah, that for that Mary Shelley novel, it really is kind of like 
Frankenstein just says, I did it last night. I did it. Right. And we're like, okay, great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so we totally believe that. So we're not like, oh, I don't know. If we like I think if we saw the process of of it, instead we have just this blank screen, right? <laughs> if we saw the process, you might go, Oh no, that's not gonna work. She's faking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. She's pretending to do this or, or anything <laughs> like that. But instead we just take it for granted that yes, it's happened. Yes, yes. Oh, I like that. That's a very good point, right? And specifically because there is going to be some question later on mm-hmm. as to whether Reagan is faking or not. Right. And we need that. We need us to wonder that um, later, but not now. Right. We want to believe that she is under the spell of this hypnotist. Yes, right. Um, so, yes, the psychiatrist asks how old Reagan is. Um, again, the pause and then 12. Is there... Someone inside you. Another long pause. Sometimes. And there it is, folks. That's the confirmation. We, we knew this. We knew it all along. But, but just that confirmation and also the, the way she delivers it. Again, it's, it's like it gives me shivers, right? And right. Keenan, I don't, I don't know why, but sometimes is so much scarier than her just saying yes. Like, I don't like that. Like, sometimes, what does sometimes mean? Oh, like, yeah. I, I guess I didn't want to think about that. That is scarier. Right? Maybe because it's more specific. Like, like if it's just, if you are just getting the idea that the answer is always going to be yes or no, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to say yes or no at random. But, right, but that's right. like an actual honest response, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like she's trying to do her best to explain the situation to him. Right. And ooh, ugh, right. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes ugh, right. Right. So our psychiatrist pursues. He says, who is it? More pausing, waiting as the message travels, waiting for it to be received on the other end. And then I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, so much creepier than saying Captain Howdy, right? <laughs> you know, why doesn't she just say Captain Howdy, right? Like in in the book, she already knows it's Captain Howdy, right? Like doing all of this to her, right? Captain There's Howdy's the, chasing me down the hall, right? Precisely, right? Like she knows it's it's Captain Frickin' Howdy, right? Mm-hmm. Captain F Howdy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's even this like moment of clarity. Like she wakes up and and she's like explaining to Klein and the other doctors is like he used to be my friend, right? That's really so, sad. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that you, you thought you had a friend. You trusted this, this, uh, I don't know, this person, right? Yeah. Um, did ugh. you, did you have an imaginary friend when you were a kid? I don't know if we've talked about this. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, if you don't mind, I mean, I don't want to be your second because I, I, I've heard, oh, that having an imaginary friend is really um, common and mm-hmm. really uh, natural. Like, I don't know. I, I think I was just too old of a child. I was just mm-hmm. always so serious, you know, yeah. go, complaining about Willow and Labyrinth and all of that. <laughs> imaginary, like, oh, it's an imaginary friend. Imaginary friend, you're not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just a coping mechanism to deal with my loneliness and to develop my social skills in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Get out of here. And then he says, I know. All right. <laughs> no, that was kind of a thing. It was it was a weird – again, it must have been in that weird like area of like growing up, like puberty mm-hmm. or whatever, where, where all the chemicals are – you're just a mixed cocktail of, <laughs> of anxiety and, and, and troubles and, and whatnot, right? Right. Um, and, and biology and, and hormones and whatnot. But um, – no, I, I kind of went through like some kind of weird existential crisis because I realized I was like, I, because I had this imaginary friend that I would kind of like, I don't know, I, I guess the, the, the rude way of saying it now is trauma dumping, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You know, just to kind of like, like, you know, talk 
talk through all of, you know, the stuff that's going on. Right. Um, and just kind of like, you, you know, which, which looking back now, it's like, it's just, that's a very healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I actually like when I write, when I journal, like, like it's the same thing essentially. Right. Um, but you know, you're doing it to, you know, this, this imaginary person. Right. Um, and then I had a moment like where I, where I kind of like, it basically said to myself, it's like, you know, like there's nobody here. <gasps> That's so, and that's so awful. It was the worst feeling <laughs> because I had had this imaginary friend for like a year mm-hmm. by that time and just realized like, like it, it wasn't, I, I'm not going to be all cinematic and say that it, like, you know, my imaginary friend turned to me and said, you know, I'm not here, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I just like, like without words, just the dawning of it, like, you know, like I was sitting with my imaginary friend, um, you know, like, like on a, on a, uh, on a stoop or something like that. and suddenly I realized that, no, I wasn't sitting with anybody. I was sitting alone. And it was like, it's, it's that moment right there. And maybe, maybe folks who've had this experience, like will know what I'm talking about, but like, that's the exact type of like strong emotion that you would want to share with your imaginary friends. Like, (laughs) Hey, it's like, Hey, I just had this like really awful realization. Oh, wait, I can't, (laughs) I can't share it with you. It's like, ah, I've only been in a handful of relationships. When there's a breakup, I think you go through that kind of thing. You're like, yes, I, I met somebody new. You know who I want to tell is my ex. Oh, wait, yes. <laughs> that's that's not right. <laughs> or even like, like you know, um, yeah, meeting somebody new or just like dealing with the breakup right. itself. It's like, oh, man, this like all of these feelings, all of these, uh, uh, you know, like like just this this horrible, you know, feeling of loss and loneliness, mm-hmm. like whether whether you were the one who did the breaking up or, right. or the other mm-hmm. person, it like that that it, it, like you both parties still feel this this huge kind of like emptiness and hey guess what like the one person that you usually share those mm-hmm. feelings with is like the one person you can't talk to like <laughs> right, oh my exactly. god it's the worst feeling ever oh yeah. wow and then imagine if one of the one one of the parties isn't a real person <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> terrible so you don't even have memories it's like <laughs> oh gosh Aww. yeah yeah no that was and that was <laughs> Uh, this sounds funnier than it is, but that was the moment I was like, well, no more imaginary friends for me. I'm off the imaginary friends kick. (laughs) (laughs) Because this, this was just too much. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. No, I'm I'm really interested in it because I didn't have it or I'm, or I'm so traumatized by the loss of my imaginary friend that I'm repressing it Mm -hmm. 30 years later. Yeah. 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 Folks. um, Yeah. If you, if you are, if you are, existentially inclined. Um, what does that even mean? Lester? God. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's, that's a dangerous game to play. Imaginary friends. Wow. Um, I do, I do remember, I, I don't think we have kids listening to mm. us, so I think I could say this, but, um, mm. oh, uh, spoiler wall, spoiler wall, <laughs> da, 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 da. everything's happy and the world is okay. <laughs> There's no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I know what he's going to say. Yeah. Santa Claus is your parents <laughs> lying to you rather than, oh, <laughs> rather than teaching you how capitalism works. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no but um my friend our friend ian hinden was the one who mm-hmm. told me there was no santa claus <gasps> so he probably doesn't remember ian. this at all right because i remember this very succinctly we're and, calling you out ian yeah on the show. right i i've never talked to him about this but you know we were like mm-hmm. eight or whatever and he uh-huh. comes to school and it's just like you all know there's no santa claus right and like <gasps> like clearly it was because he he had learned that and was like oh i'm that's so traumatic right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the only way he could deal with it is to lash out and like, wants to know, wants to share it yeah right yeah. and and to be uh to, to 
pretend to be stronger, right? And be like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm not affected by this. <laughs> right, exactly. So that that's how I found out was that. And that oh. I remember that very, very clearly. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, whew, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. But now, um, Lester, mm. imagine that Santa Claus has gone inside of you. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Keenan. Oh, no. You, you, you spoiled the thing that I was just going to oh, say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, okay, folks, folks, if you're listening, um, well, okay, this is, this is the, uh, the thing. So, um, if any kids accidentally heard that, mm-hmm. Do not pull them away from the show because I'm going to bring this out. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fly our sleigh out of the out of the hell pit um, that we found ourselves in. So I was actually in um, I think it was uh, sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And one day I think it was like the day before uh, Christmas break. Mm -hmm. um, A bunch of the bullies who usually bully me were kind of like gathered around this other kid Mm -hmm. um, and they were laughing at him. Um, And uh, like I found out that they were laughing at him because he kind of admitted that he still believed in Santa Claus. Mm. Um, And I like, you know, I'm not I'm not proud of this, folks, but I just kind of like stayed over where I was Mm. because like this is like the first time that they weren't bullying me. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, And and maybe I actually also still believed. So I didn't say anything. Um, But then in comes our teacher. Um, this is homeroom. Um, so our homeroom teacher, Professor Nakagawa, um, really great teacher, really awesome guy. And he asks, what's going on? He's like, what's up? What's, what's wrong? And of course, you know, all the bullies are like, oh, this guy, you know, kid believes in Santa, right? Mm-hmm. And Nak- Mr. Nakagawa, he's like, uh, well, yeah, of course he does. So do I. <laughs> he's real. And they're all like, whoa, 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 right? You know, it's 80s sitcom where they all do the doubles. Whoa. <laughs> and he walks up to the front of the class mm-hmm. and he writes down the word personification. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he draws a, a little figure of like the Grim Reaper, right? Like with the skull and the the, the scythe and, and everything like that, right? And he's like, have you guys heard the word personification? And everyone's like, no, right? I knew what it was because <laughs> I was like obsessed with the Grim Reaper. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so um, he says like, yeah, personification, right? Like giving human qualities, like making making an idea, making a concept uh, or a feeling or an emotion into a person, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he points at the Grim Reaper and he's like, this is a personification of death, right? Um, and does anybody know, right? How did he put it, right? And he said, it's like Santa Claus is a personification, right? Santa Claus exists as a personification, right? And he says, when you give a Christmas gift to your mom or your dad, you are Santa. When they give a Christmas gift to you, they are Santa, right? When you do something unselfishly kind without expecting anything in return, you are being Santa to somebody, right? And so he wraps this all up and he says, (laughs) wraps this all up. Um, (laughs) So, you know, he ends this all by saying, in that way, Santa does exist if you let him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. Yes. Um, so yeah, folks, uh, Santa is real. Um, your imaginary friends are real. They are you. Um, and uh, Captain Howdy is real. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Just in case you thought it was all sunshine and rainbows here on the Exorcist Minute. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Bringing it back. Captain um, <laughs> Howdy is real. He's right behind you. He's right behind you. <laughs> and he, he might be inside of you right now. Yes, he's on your stove range. <laughs> he's looking at how you made those eggs, and he's he's got he's got criticisms. <laughs> right, sunny side up my ass. <laughs> um, but okay, so but I 
back to like what Reagan says in the book, right? She's she's um she's lamenting that Captain Howdy used to be her friend, right? right? And I like this because, right, like we're, we're saying right here, it's like, why doesn't she just say that this is Captain Howdy, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I think that has something to do with it, right? Like, oh, he used to be my friend. So I think what she's saying is she's saying, I don't know here because she knows it's Captain Howdy, but she no longer knows who Captain Howdy is. Right. Like, like he used to be my friend. I don't know who or what he is anymore, right? right? Um. But yeah, our psychiatrist pursues. He he's he's down that track. He he knows exactly what's going on. He says, "Is it Captain Howdy?" Um, he knows. He suspects, um, or he thinks he does. And with that question from the psychiatrist, we are treated to this beautiful shot here. This is this is Chris's room. We see the fireplace now completely dark, right? With that picture of Reagan over it, right? In that previous scene, it was suspended over the flames, right? right. Now it's hanging over darkness. The eyes in shadow, same photo from before, right? Looking very much like like the the, the first edition cover, book cover, actually, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the real Reagan. <sighs> not exactly in the center, but that, that, that's because we are not uh, shooting direct into the corner. Like if we were, she would be completely aligned with that corner, right? Mm-hmm. We're sort of like off to the side a bit, right? Um, but the effect is still there. Like the room looks deep and cavernous and triangular. And those are all those are all bad things we know. Um, and you have Reagan sitting on this chair. We see we see that's what it is now. And the first thing we notice is that she has her hand up in this weird posture. It's almost as if the psychiatrist was like holding her hand before the trance. Right. And it just like stayed that way. Right. Yeah. That's, that's- on purpose for hypnosis. Okay. Right. Yeah. That, that's how they, um, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, you know, I don't know if I believe in hypnosis, et cetera, but, but that's mm. how they do that. They, they put the hand up so that, um, if the trance is weakening, the hand will fall down, uh, kind of like the reverse of you. Like if you held your hand up and fell asleep, your hand would go down. Oh, I see. Interesting. Okay. I never like, like, that's just kind of like how I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like, I'm realizing now there's like no shot of him holding her hand. Exactly. So there's no, there's no like, um, smoking gun am i using that term correctly yeah they, like, they, they set it up um they they probably cut all that out they probably filmed it and cut that out right gotcha yeah. okay but it's good that we like kind of just like intuitively like read that right? right so yeah so our psychiatrist asks um is it captain howdy and the answer comes a little bit quicker this time um but it's said in the exact same tone and cadence as the previous like I don't know, mm-hmm. right? So she said, I don't know twice. And I'm almost tempted to wonder if it is the same sound and someone just like pushed a button and uh-huh. played this previously recorded response. But I actually love that in this case because it's as if someone is inside Reagan mm-hmm. and and they're pushing the buttons and playing this like pre-recorded response, right? Right. Um, now, I don't know why, but this shot also – for me calls to mind some sort of uh, throne room. Mm-hmm. We we got Reagan in the center. We got the members of her court attending her. She's even like doing this like imperious gesture with mm-hmm. her hand, right? There's no there's no thematic thing that I'm trying to tie in here, at least nothing that I can think of right now other than maybe um 
like she's the one with the power in this scene, even though it, it might seem like the psychiatrist is in control. Like, mm-hmm. like in reality, like they're all attending on her, waiting for her to speak. I, I guess we can we can give it away now, right? But there is this question of whether or not Reagan or Captain Howdy is even hypnotized at all, right? Right, or whether this is all part of like his plan. So, so in that sense, he's probably like sitting in that chair, feeling like a king or mm-hmm. or, or a queen, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, feeling like ah yes, just like old times again. Right? <laughs> so there we go, there we go. I I, I made it work in my mind. In real time, on the air. King or queen, I'm going to borrow from this production of Hedvig and the Angry Inch I saw yesterday. Oh, okay. Where Hedvig, <laughs> Hedvig says, um, uh, for men, for women, for the gender fluid, for the gender <laughs> solid, for the gender <laughs> gaseous. <laughs> I like that. Oh, yeah. The gender gaseous. <laughs> right, but... I like I like your metaphor that's a throne room. It's a chair that's mm. too big for her, right? They're trying to right. make her really comfortable and so so it's really high like a throne. Um and it's Chris's room, right? So yeah. I think that takes us even a little bit to figure that out. Um I wouldn't be surprised if people were to watch it the first time and assume that we're at a psychiatrist's office. Mm, right. Yeah. And not quite put it together that we're in a space that we already are familiar with. Because yes, again, yeah. it's a corner of Chris's room we haven't seen before. We've never seen this chair. Mm-hmm. And we start to focus on on details. I don't know. Um, I'm going to skim through while we're talking and just look at some of the other scenes from Chris's room. It feels like mm. we we get more um, of the texture of the wallpaper here. Like it doesn't seem yeah. familiar. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, it's it's there in the other other scenes. Um, but I guess we see less of it, and it's darker there, yeah. and we don't have these sort of wide shots necessarily. But and yeah. I think the focus, like I didn't even expect, like the window and mm-hmm. and like the cityscape, uh, you know, like like that. God, Chris, that's a view right there. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, just like like live in this house. This is a good house. <laughs> I think get rid of the demon. Do that first, you know, priorities. But right. um, and maybe maybe you know, like block off those stairs. Just in case, you know, <laughs> yeah, just but, put a lock on the window. But like, but like, move here seriously. This is the demon's throne room, right? It's like the hall of the demon king or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, right. And we're all getting around. And I like the idea of it being a king or, or queen or something or whatever the mm-hmm. the gender fluid version of a king or queen is. Um, mm-hmm. I ask my students all the time. I say, like, what are the, you know? I will do you know whatever pronouns you want, but but I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm stuck because like um, people my age, you know, we were trained to say like ma'am and sir, like what is the right. gender, and I haven't been able to find it. <laughs> It, like we like, don't say it anymore. It, I think I think like we are fa- like our generation, mm-hmm. right? Like the millennials um, are are like famously just like so bad at this <laughs> this thing. Like you ha- you have you have the you know like the the boomers who are who are like like just openly against it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to try, <laughs> right? And then you have Gen Z who has no problem with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then us, we're like we're we're, we're trying our best, and we just keep just messing it. up. It right. Like it, it's so hard. <laughs> right, right. So please, please, younger generations, please forgive us. We we're 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 trying. We're trying. Yeah, yeah. But if anybody knows, like I would love to find. Yeah, the ma'am or sir, the, the, kind of that just conversational handle, right? That you say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, anyways, uh, or let me know what the sorry, my original question was: the gender-neutral mm-hmm. term for a, a monarch, I suppose, right? Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, your highness, right? Or your grace, your grace, your grace, or, or your majesty, your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a ton of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. But instead of instead of king or queen, you, you just oh, say yes. oh Rex monarch. Well, Rex is is gendered, isn't it? Because the because the the female would be like. Um, Regina or Regia or yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so we have anyway. this, this gender gaseous king or queen, <laughs> this monarch here, extremely gender gaseous. <laughs> oh, that's true. We're gonna see that in a second, right? <laughs> but like a king or, or a monarch or queen, right? 
they they're all attending to to um captain howdy but they're terrified mm-hmm. of him at the same time yes it's like oh you know we're we're going to be sweet and calm and acquiesce to you but we're really just af- terrified and afraid of what you're going to do yes yes i really like okay so i'm glad i'm glad i'm not crazy you're not um, crazy no, no 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 in this in this minute with a psychiatrist right um <laughs> <laughs> no no uh captain howdy is king king howdy king howdy right <laughs> he's he's been promoted he's no longer captain right no i think i think he would actually like keep his uh his captain title mm-hmm. so it would be it would be king captain howdy <laughs> It's like call me King Captain Howard. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but um like I was okay. always I was always uh you remember um Muammar Gaddafi in Libya? Mm-hmm. He was always colonel. And I'm like, well, once you take over the damn country, can't you just become yeah. general? Like why why are you always still colonel? Right, right. <laughs> There's probably something I'm missing there, but I don't know if he's mm. like trying to be like you know, pretend he's not the dictator. I think that might be part of it, but mm-hmm. you have all the generals saluting to him and he's the colonel. Right. That's actually another thing we should ask Andy Nelson, Keenan, right? When we um, guest on the Marvel Movie Minute, folks, oh, we're yes. going to be uh, we're going to be with uh, Andy Nelson um, doing uh, that show. We're talking about, um, uh, I believe, the Avengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I want, you know what? I have a question about Captain America. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Like, is he still captain? Is it like or, or has he been promoted? Like, what's going on? He does here? not get promoted. It really is a shame. <laughs> yeah. He should the, be a little bit more than Captain Wayne. Right he's now, the right? longest serving uh, soldier in American history. <laughs> yes. he's, he is the first Avenger. What's going on? Right. He like enlists in 1942 and then stays there till um till Avengers Endgame. So whenever that's mm. set, like 2023, I believe Avengers Endgame is set. So yeah. yeah. I, I, like, are they making a comment on his performance? I mean, it's like you're still <laughs> Captain after all these years? Like, come on. Like. But then again, right, Captain Howdy has been captain for, you know, centuries, centuries millennia, centuries, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so, so our, our, our psychiatrist presses, he says, if I ask him to tell me, will you let him answer? Mm-hmm. And here we have a very definite no. It's dreamy, but it's also not right. Like it's a strong denial, but Keenan. Who is saying no here? Is this Reagan or is this Captain Howdy? Mm-hmm. I think it's Reagan if you're putting me on the spot. I think Reagan is mm. in control of herself here. Okay. All right. But what do you think that she's – that he's well, pretending? No, I agree with you too, Keenan. I, I think it is Reagan here, um, especially because of what she says in a few seconds, right? right? Mm-hmm. She says, I'm afraid. Um, but there is this uh, – Blatty, when he's reading the audiobook, he does a really good job here. And I'm so excited to read it in, in our next minute. I'm going to read this scene because it goes on a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, uh, this, um, this conversation between the psychiatrist and Captain Howdy, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. Um, but, uh, there, like when, uh, uh, Blatty changes the voice. You can tell like who he has decided is talking at certain times. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in the next minute. Um, but yeah, so uh, we cut from there to a shot of Chris, another another beautifully constructed shot. Um, she's in the foreground with her hands clasped, covering the lower half of her face. Her eyes are so wide and so hopeful, right? This might be the answer, right? It seems like that's what she's thinking, right? Despite that no that Reagan just uttered, it feels like they have already made more progress. Mm -hmm. This psychiatrist has already made more progress with Reagan than any other doctor. Right. 
And you can see that in Chris's face. She's like, finally. <laughs> you, like, you know why? Why? Because Lester, this doctor doesn't talk to this little girl. This doctor listens. <gasps> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, like in Chris's eyes, right? That hope mm-hmm. shining through, right? But also a little bit of fear as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's she's like, what am I looking at? Like who who are we talking to right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and behind her, oh my God, I love it so much. Behind her, out of focus, is that same picture from before of Reagan with her hands clasped as if in prayer. And you realize that Chris is doing the exact same thing, the exact same pose. It's so perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And- while we are still on Chris, we can hear the psychiatrist's voice, right? He says, why not? We cut back to Reagan, back to that sleepy, dreamy expression, which again, also looks somehow intense and aware. And she responds, I'm afraid. But the psychiatrist says, if he talks to me, I think he'll leave you. Do you want him to leave you? And here we get a shot of Dr. Klein. Oh yeah, Dr. Klein's here. Um, I like... <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it's supposed to be that way. Like the movie is. Yeah, I think it, so. Absolutely. I think yeah, so. It's yeah. It's like, oh, you're, oh, you're still here. Right. Mm-hmm. But okay. Like in, in all seriousness, Keenan, like what is going on with Dr. Klein here? Like, like what are you reading on his face here? He actually seems like more invested, more focused, less, uh, clueless, uh, here. Like it, it reminds me of the other shot we have of him from Reagan's bedroom. Um, what you called like his hero expression. Oh I think. yeah. He like, steps forward and he's like, I'm, I'm the man here. I'm the, I'm right. the, I'm the, I'm going to, I'm going to take this movie over. Right. It feels like for a split second. For a split second, right? right. Before, before his lip is split. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, like, if we just show this clip to someone who's mm-hmm. never seen the movie, they might say, oh, yeah, he's the hero, right? Right. Or, or, or he's a hero. Certainly they would think that he plays a bigger part than he actually does. Right. Right? Yeah. Do so, you think so it's entirely because it's the dude or like, uh, you know, the movie, the, the man in the movie or what, what do you think is going on? Because I completely agree with you. Hmm. I think I think part of it is that like he's he's one of the guys in this room, right? Right. And then in the 1970s, we're gonna we're, we're gonna be looking for a guy to, mm-hmm. to you know, to pilot this thing. Um, and – I think also because this is like one of the 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 few moments that we see that he has like a serious face on. Right. Right? Like he's not cocky, he's not clueless. He's like it's it's the second instance in this film that I can remember that he has this kind of like 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 a serious face on. Right. It's it's not easy and I'm doing the real work. It seems like I'm observing and and listening and I don't have any preconceived notions of what I'm supposed to be doing here. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. I think he's also probably scared shitless, mm. right? In, into into doing anything heroic and stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Cause she's just staring and um, she's staring at nothing as you've established, but it, but the editing of it certainly makes it look like he, she's staring right at him. Yeah. Which I right. don't think is what's actually happening, but that's the way it feels. Mm. Yeah. But even if she's like, like, even, even if their eyes aren't like, you know, in alignment with each other, mm-hmm. like whatever she's looking, whatever nothing she's looking at, right. like she's, she's looking at it. Right. Like she's really looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that, that, that always bothers me. It's like, like, cause you can have like a vacant stare mm-hmm. where you're looking at nothing, but then you can also have, this is like on a whole other level. This mm-hmm. is like, she's looking at nothing, but, but she's looking at something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I host a podcast, folks, and I try to, <laughs> you know, I try to be as descriptive as possible. Right. 
but it's like that's that's going to be in the show notes. Just, she's looking at nothing, she's but she's looking at something. something. <laughs> uh, you know, you're you know, we're writers. Um, yeah, I have a writing degree. You you have an English degree? I forget. If I do. Yeah, I do. Not, yeah. Not theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's all the same. (laughs) It's all the same. Words, whatever. Whatever. Words, 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 as somebody said. Um, I wanted to talk about my experiences with hypnosis, if you'll allow me. Ooh, yes. So I've never been hypnotized. Mm. Have you? Oh, have you ever been hypnotized? No, no. What's keeping you from going and and getting hypnotized? Off the top of my head, Uh I would say laziness. Um, (laughs) because Because I think it wouldn't work. But if I really, really examined mm-hmm. it, I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit afraid of like what actually would happen. I think that's exactly why I don't want to be hypnotized. So I say right yeah. now, oh, it doesn't work. It's not real. It's psychosomatic, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but no, the real reason. So I, I had plenty of opportunities, plenty of opportunities to be hypnotized because mm-hmm. um, my uh, best friend in college, our friend Kyle Sonjin. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. He his girlfriend for a while was the uh, magician's assistant for a hypnotist. <gasps> So I would very frequently go down there uh, with Kyle to go pick up the girlfriend after work, mm-hmm. and we get to sit in on um, on shows uh, very, very mm. frequently. So I saw many shows with uh, with her. She was a wonderful magician assistant, like one of the best I'd mm. ever seen. Oh. Um, and so this this show would be, you know, they'd bring up seven or eight people from the audience, and and they would test them and hypnotize them. Actually, maybe probably ten. And the uh-huh. guy would go down the list and uh, go down the line and hypnotize them all. And then um, a couple of them, he would tap them on the shoulder and say, thank you, go ahead and sit down because they wouldn't be hypnotized. Mm. And so you'd sort of be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So so that way, um, you know, I guess some people who who weren't as um, as persuasive or persuaded mm. rather um, would just go down and to see the comedy show. But he would make these other people do things against their will. And I saw it. I mean, um, wow. I don't know how like the the literature says it's kind of a, um, a mass hysteria or it's mm-hmm. sort of like people – People know that they are that they're on stage, and they would rather not embarrass the hypnotist. I've heard of that as well, right? Right, like it's this sense of like, or even, um, I mean, and and, and oh, well, I'm, I'm going to let you finish because I don't want to, like, I don't want to go off on this. Thing. No, no, I think you're going to say what I, what I was going to say, right? Like, like um, it's just sort of you're you're going along with it, right? Yeah, because, there's yeah. this sense of decorum right. of almost like like even in and, I, and I've I've heard about this like in like uh uh reference to like being in the midst of like some great tragedy or some emergency mm-hmm. or um like so, or, or like even being in danger and you still um you know following um like this weird uh insistence not to be like rude right or a, or a wet blanket or something like it's it's the um what was it i i, I think it was uh in relation to who who was Buffalo Bill copying? Like, what like was his Dean inspiration? Of, um, Dean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, he's kind of a combination of a bunch of people, yeah. Yes, but like there's this, um, I, I think it was either talking about that character or the real life monsters that, you know, inspired that mm-hmm. character. But like they talk about like the victims and the victims, like – and this was like defending the victims. It's not like it's like, oh, could, because people were saying, why would you why would you go uh, and and like help that person like right. who's obviously like trapping you or or like is is trying to trying to get you like like aren't aren't is isn't like every alarm bell going off in your head. Like right. and and yes, of course it is. But then also like and this is this is for everybody. And uh, like in this kind of like um, this was this was this statement was made to kind of like. Uh, explain how hard it is to not mm-hmm. um, 
help right. in that situation, right? Like it would it would seem so weird. Like you're walking down the street and you see this, you know, like this person who like who is like like on every other like level, every other fiber of your being like is obviously a serial killer who's trying to trap you in, in their van, right? Mm-hmm. But they're asking for help. They're asking for like, I don't know, the time or some spare change right. or to, you know, to help you move a couch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And us as human beings, and I'm not talking about uh, uh, like like uh, people who are like susceptible or 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 gullible, or I'm talking about every single human being. We have this like ingrained thing to be like, oh sure, let me help you. Mm-hmm. Like, and it would feel so weird not to do that. Right, and that's that's how they get you. And I I I often wondered if like hypnosis works on that level too. It's like, well, I'm up on the stage here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to embarrass this hypnotist. I want this, or even even. Maybe you're not even thinking about him. You're just thinking, I want this to work. Right. Absolutely. I, yeah, that's what that's what they say, and um, that's that's what a lot of the literature says. Uh, and then when you see it happening, I mean, I I believe those people were hypnotized and they were doing things mm. against their will, whether that is conscious or not. Um, mm-hmm. They really were making up languages. They really were mm-hmm. saying things against their personal beliefs. They were clucking like chickens, etc. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I've seen it work, and and again, I'm I'm kind of a uh, I'm kind of a chicken shit a little bit because I'm like, oh, I don't want to believe it. It's all fake. And at the same time, don't do it to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Please don't ever do that to me. Right. It's the safer thing to say that it's all hokum. And, you know, it's like, oh, it wouldn't work on me anyway. So right. why, why even try it? <laughs> right, right. And, and to be honest, you know, like that's that's my relationship with like prayer, right? Like, mm. like I don't want to, uh, you know, suddenly try it someday just to try it and then feel and then all of a sudden feel it. You know what I'm saying? And right. Like, that I would be wrong and it, you know, they'd be right or whatever that is. Like it's that stubbornness of that. Yeah. What is it? What does it mean to be answered by God's like, oh, shit? <laughs> like, like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just eat my Doritos in peace. <laughs> just sit here because <laughs> those are the options. You pray or you eat Doritos. You can't you can't do both. <laughs> Nope. It's been it's been scientifically <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I so I think it's interesting that this movie takes the the sense that that well, I guess again, depending on how how you're going to look at what's going to happen in a couple minutes, but right. uh, that that's that hypnotism works. That mm-hmm. we are at least we are at least uh, supposed to believe at this point that it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I got some things to say in the next minute mm-hmm. about that very thing, but like no, I'm glad we're bringing it up here, right? Mm-hmm. Um because we're we're laying the groundwork for for what is about to go down. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so uh we cut back to Reagan as the psychiatrist asks, um do you want him to leave you? Mm-hmm. She says, "Yes." Ah. So, another cut. We follow the psychiatrist as he stands up. The camera also rises and moves in. Keenan, is this a wait, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. This is a zoom. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let me go, let me go look at this here. <laughs> let me rewind a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna impress Professor Keenan. Uh, this is gonna be Yes, I, I imagine that is a zoom that they might also be pushing in on, on a dolly, but that's a zoom, yes, for sure. Okay, all right. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> so our psychiatrist, he turns around a brief glance to everybody in the room, like almost as if he's about to perform a magician's trick, mm-hmm. right? Like, and hey, we're back to magic versus medicine, right? This this magic versus medicine motif mm-hmm. that uh, we started this minute with. Um, as the camera moves closer, he begins to say, I'm speaking to, right? right. But who is he speaking to? Mm-hmm. Or who does he think he's speaking to, <laughs> or right? what is he speaking or to? Or what? Right? Question mark, question mark, question mark, <laughs> Exclamation point, right? <laughs> and more importantly, who will answer? 
That is all coming up in the next minute. Keenan, is there anything else we want to talk about before we leave this room, leave this house before, I don't know, before something else comes? Right. Well, we still have our sense of smell. I think we're done. Mm, yes. Yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. No, no um, uh, gaseous. Uh, what, 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 what was it? Gender gaseous. Gender gaseous. <laughs> oh, that had to be good. She's a smart yeah. lady. She is. Um, yeah. So, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. And you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah. Our website for the show is theexorcistminute.com. We also have a Facebook page. So if you like us and you want to share us with your friends, then go ahead and do that. If you don't like us, then you can share us with your enemies. <laughs> we also have a listener group on Facebook. It's called Compelling Conversations. Um, just request to join and we'll let you in and you can be in here with us. And of course, as always, if you'd like to leave us a message, our email is theexorcistminute at gmail.com, all one word. Um, Yeah, let us know. Hey, have you ever been hypnotized? What was it like? What happened? Like, did you cluck like a chicken? I want to hear those stories because I myself have never been hypnotized, hypnotized, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, I want to hear, I want to hear what it's like. Lastly, if you liked the show and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for a new podcast that's just starting out is to leave a five-star review and that will help other people find us so we can keep growing this cool community. Um, lastly, if you like the show and you want to help us out, the best thing that you can do for a new podcast that's just starting out is to leave a five-star review. Um, only a dumb bird wouldn't leave a five-star review. Am I right, Keenan? That's right. Yes. Dumb bird. <laughs> dumb bird. <laughs> five-star review. Um, <laughs> and that'll help us out and help other people find us and we can keep growing this cool community. All right, Keenan. I think that's it. Is there anything else that we, that we have for this minute? No, I think we got it. All right. So, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the power of Santa Claus compels you. He lives! I think he would keep his cat. He would be, he would be King Captain Howdy. Oh shoot. I'm going to say that again because my phone. <laughs> turn that off actually. Lester, best practices. Come on. Bad. <laughs> Jeez. And you know, you know who that was, Keenan? I know who that was. The, oh, the you guy, saw it? Okay. The guy who ruined Christmas for me. <laughs> <laughs> the man who killed Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs>